Hello, hello, and hello, everybody! Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? Oh my goodness! Today I have such a privilege, such an honor to talk to Brian Manel. And if you did not know Brian, oh my goodness, you really should. Brian, in my humble opinion, he is one of the landmarks of Austin, Texas. Brian, he is a technologist, investor, author, serious entrepreneur, and unicorn unicorn founders. Oh my God! Don't we all want to find those people? Wow! So he has found and co-founded many many business in a very diverse industry, such as customer relationship management system, point of sales technology, e-learnings. System integration and deckless workforce. Wow, sounds super smart. And for the past twenty-five years, Brian has been doing his part to truly make Austin, Texas, a vibrant and a growing technology community. With that, everybody, I am so pumped. I'm so overexcited. Thank you very much, Brian, for joining us, and welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me on. You make me sound amazing. That's great. You are so, Brian. So tell us, you know, you have done so many magical things. So tell us, how does all the journey get started? You know, it kind of started when I was a kid.、Uh, my parents got an Apple II Plus computer.、Uh, you know, one of the first mass market personal computers out there, and、uh, you know, I just want to learn everything about that thing. I mean, I learned how to program it and how to, you know, crack games. Did I say that? I didn't crack games. <laughs> um, uh, you know, do my homework on it, and you know anything I could.、Um, when I was a kid, I ran a,、uh, a dial-up bulletin board system for other people to communicate and collaborate on things. I just, so that really started it. I just、mm-hmm. loved technology from the start,、mm-hmm. and not so much technology for technology's sake, but like what it could do for people. Right? It could help me do my homework better. I could use a word processor to change things rather than handwriting out something and scratch it out, or you know, use whiteout. Remember whiteout? Say, remember whiteout? Like it's been so long since I wrote things by hand.、Um, but、uh, that's when it started. Just my my love of technology, and it just grew from there as I use it in all aspects of、mm-hmm. life and business and my interests and、uh, undergraduate degree and everything. So you love technology, but do you always knew you want to be entrepreneur? How does that connecting from your passion to tech to well, one day you thought you know what you can leveraging that passion, creating something new for the world. You know, I don't know. I guess it started just because、um, since I knew about technology, not many people did.、Mm-hmm. Um, just starting out doing some consulting for、mm-hmm. you know when I was a teenager, a, a manufacturing business that was introduced、wow. to by a, a good friend of mine, and his mom was doing technology consulting work with them, and she's like,、mm-hmm. "You could help me, you know, come in and help out." And、mm-hmm. so、um, I started doing some consulting work on my own, and then after a while, when you do consulting work, you get too much work. You need to hire somebody. Now you're a business, right? Now you have to manage people and have to do things. So it just kind of started, and then as I did it, I just love you know doing that. And、um, you know maybe I don't know. I, I I think I make a bad employee. I think I don't think anybody want to hire me. So I think I just have to start my own things. It's so funny you say that. I feel like you know with many entrepreneurs speaking with, this kind of one of its common thread with all the incredible entrepreneurs, and they all felt like you know they are. Maybe not the best fit for employee, and they always knew that they have a bigger vision to create something greater. So amazing! So tell us, you know, what is a moment you start seeing that possibility, and then actually starting that, and how does that journey look like? I know for today, today you are 
a serious entrepreneur. You have so many, many businesses. So tell us, was it easy to start at the first place, first beginning? I don't know if it was like easy or not, but just uh, I, I made it a little bit risk free. So when I when I first came out of school, I was I went to work for a big five consulting firm. I think it was Big Eight back then, which was interested in consulting, which is now Accenture. And um, I worked for them for like two years. I traveled like every week for a long time, and uh, I was traveling so much that I just gave up my apartment. So I was living no place. I put stuff in like boxes in storage. And, uh, and they were paying all my expenses while I was traveling. Mm-hmm. So all my food and room and like everything. So my whole, all my paychecks were just going in the bank like week after week after week. So when I decided to strike it on my own and start something, uh, which was a technology consulting company, um, I had savings built up to help me out uh, and to make it less risky to start out with something. Not a lot of savings, but I had enough, mm-hmm. right? So if things didn't work out, I didn't, you know, I had a little bit of a buffer. Mm-hmm. And then also I had just built up some business relationships. Mm-hmm. So when I just started to go on my own, I had some people that I knew that I could rely mm-hmm. upon to say like, Hey, you know, can I help you out? Like, you know, what do you need? Here's the things I can do if mm-hmm. you want some help. And that's where it started. And then kind of like my previous story, it's like, there's more work that I can do. So I hire somebody else. Then like they hire mm-hmm. another, another person to work for them. Teams mm-hmm. get bigger. Then after mm-hmm. a while, you just, at least in doing technology consulting work, the the company gets big enough that you don't have time to work on any one project. You have to like run the company, right? You have to mm-hmm. hire people. You have to give them a career path. You have to, you know, you know, manage multiple clients and help sell work and you know review statements of work and contracts for clients and those sorts of things. So it just sort of grew and bubbled up from there. So uh, tell us, you know, ever since that moment, you start you start many many business since then. So. Um, what is hardest thing that you have done, you know, starting businesses? Hardest thing to start? I mean, I've I've launched into some to investigate and learn about and try and do some things with that after a while you realize like this is not a good idea. Like there's no market for this. Or um, people are not willing to pay money for this. Like I thought it was valuable, but mm-hmm. people just aren't willing to, you know, actually pay for it. So this really isn't a business, right? So I think the hardest thing is when you go from that like ideation stage, like mm-hmm. this great idea, and then you go do some research and figure out, is it applicable? Do people care? This is a problem people really have that they want to solve. And you realize like, it really isn't. You go, oh man, well, that's all right. I'll, I'll get a new idea, you know, later and try something else out. So it's, that's, I think part of the creativity though, is the experimentation. But, um, you know, that's kind of like the bummer part. You kind of go through a little bit of a lull and you just be like, Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be like really interesting. Turns out it wasn't like, oh, well, just got to pick up and try the next one. You know, Brian, you make it sound so easy. And you and me know this, that the product market fit, once you, you know, realize it's probably not the right fit, pivot is oftentimes so hard. I feel like for founders, that's probably their baby for past two, three years or months or whatever that time is. And it's so hard to like shift. Like what, how do you easy to actually see it as it is, and then move forward. Like, I feel like that may be one of the reasons that you are so successful today as a serial entrepreneur, as one of the unicorn founders. Yeah, it's never easy, right? So as you mentioned, um, when you build something, it's like you're, you're a baby. Like, I envisioned that feature. And then maybe I wrote the code to make that feature work. And, you know, I put it all together. And then I go bring it to people and they go, I don't need that. Like, that's not valuable. And you kind of go, mm. oh, man, like, you get it, like, attached to it. So that's, I think, the challenge is, like, 
you need to build things and then just not really get attached to them as in terms of your ego, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, my ego is built up into this feature or this product. Like you just can't do that because mm-hmm. people are, you know, have different needs. They have different perspectives. They look at the world through a different lens than I do. And it just, you know, wasn't a fit. Right. So I think that's part of it is you have to sort of detach your own identity and ego from the thing you created and uh, be willing to have it, you know, put up for, um, mm-hmm. you know, very deep inspection and like, does it fit or not? And then be willing to change. Like, hmm, I thought this was the case. And so I kind of created this thing. But as I learned more and talked to people and they used it and they tried it, like, I learned actually, like, this is the case. I didn't even realize those perspectives before, right? I had no idea people thought about things this way. So, oh, all right, I'll have to incorporate that in my thinking. And then go like, maybe I can don't have to throw it away. Maybe I can just modify it a bit and, you know, make it uh, appear a little bit different. So it does meet mm-hmm. someone's needs. So you don't have to always throw the whole thing out, but, mm-hmm. but sometimes you do too. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think you just have to like detach your own self-worth from the thing and be able to let it go out there and just see what happens. That is so hard, Alvin. Oh my goodness. I love how you articulate that, which is uh, so beautiful. And I'm curious, you know, you start so many businesses. I'm curious, you know, was it part of not only is challenging, but do you have a quote unquote a failure, an experience that's truly so difficult? And then, you know, maybe at that moment was so hard and so challenging, but now looking back as a hindsight, that of course is a, such a blessing and help you become who you are today. You know, do you have those moments that you can share with us? Oh, I mean, there's so many though. <laughs> it's hard to pick one. Um, you know, I had one that I was, you know, a long time ago, I was working with um, some people that I was, you know, we were working on something together in, in one company and we had this idea to go do like, you know, uh, a new thing. And um, it was, this is in like, you know, 2000, right? And um, the the concept was that mobile was going to be big, right? Mm-hmm. So 2000 people have flip phones to send text messages you know, you got to press that number one, like three times to get to a C, right. To create text. Right. So it's very slow, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought that, you know, businesses would want to have people who are out in the field, be able to access information from the corporate headquarters, right. Um, through their phone in a mobile way. And, um, rather than have like have a laptop and, you know, those sorts of things. And so, um, I just thought mobile was going to just explode. But this is like, when did the iPhone come out? 2006 or something like that? Like, so this is like six years before a, mm. even a really capable device mm. came out. And so we even, you know, we had some investors who like, you know, put some money behind it and I had other people on the team and we just worked on this thing. And we spent probably like just six months looking at the state of the tools, which were terrible, you know, building prototypes on these terrible tools, showing people um, what this could look like uh, mm-hmm. in their industry, which just because the tools are terrible and technology is terrible, the experience mm-hmm. was like terrible. And so after a while, like we just investigate this and we just kind of looked at each other and we said like, you know, I don't, this is not going to work. Right. So we, we just, just gave the money back to the investors and said, look, you did keep that? your money. Yeah. We just said, keep your money. Like this is, you know, we've investigated this. We've looked at it. Here's what we tried. We tried this. We tried that. We looked at this. Like, we just don't, we can't figure out the angle here that's going to be successful. We'd rather mm. just like keep your money than for us to keep banging our heads against the wall for a while to make this work. So it turns uh, out we were right. Mobile was very important and exploded. Mm-hmm. We were just super, super early, mm-hmm. which is, I think, a key lesson for any entrepreneur that is that timing is everything, mm-hmm. right? Timing is one of the most important 
things out there. So we just didn't have a good timing, um, unfortunately. So uh, I guess that was the lesson learned was that timing is everything. Wow. First of all, Ryan, did not know you gave the money back, which is, you know, shows so much of your integrity of who you are as a, you know, person, entrepreneur. And, you know, tell us, I feel like we describe that, like, of course, it's, you know, sounds like it sounds logical thing to say today, but at that moment, were you as, as calm as, as, objective as you are today like how do you able to really just let go like that is something that you have invested so much time in investors saying yes so many people on board right you are not only just you but you have a team investor all the incredible people surrounded by and celebrate you and how do you easily just walk away and realize that's just not the right thing to do well i think the calmness comes after the decision right so when as a team you get together you look at the alternatives you weigh the alternatives right um uh, how, what are we going to decide to do, right? Here's three or four different ways this could go. Mm-hmm. What is it when you finally make the decision and then you realize at the end of the day, like this was the right decision, like that's mm-hmm. where the calmness comes about. You know, the storm mm-hmm. is in the discussion and trying to figure out the alternatives and like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? And, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, dealing with uh, dealing with that is the hard part. And, the, and then the calm is when the storm's like over, right? And everything's decisions mm-hmm. made, it's rolled out. And it's like, you know what? And you look back and, in some ways you go, you know what? We should have arrived at this decision sooner. Like we should have figured this out quicker than we did, right? We could have mm-hmm. saved some time if mm-hmm. we maybe been more decisive perhaps. But mm-hmm. uh, the calmness is always afterwards. <laughs> That's incredible. I love that. I love that. I feel like you are just able to come in a conversation and, you know, have a discussion. And then once you decide, you decide. So it's therefore there's a calmness for that. And Brian, you know, we all know this, you know, the un- entire entrepreneur journey is going to be a lot of uh, a lot of downs. And, you know, you start many, many business. So I'm curious, is it a moment? Is it a day that you come home? You're like, God damn, I don't know if I have wait take to, I, I don't know if I can have, like, I can wake up tomorrow, go to office exactly the same. Like, I don't know if I have, that today. I just want to throw my towel and say, you know what? This is not for me. Like, do you ever have a moment of challenges that you have to really, you know, think deep about why you are doing what you do at the moment? Yeah, I think there's always challenges, right? Um, at the end of the day, you do it because this, this is what you love doing. So if you ever find that you're in a position where it's just like, I just don't love this anymore, then you need to mm-hmm. do something else, right? So I've never, you know, been where it's just like, you know, this is like terrible. I need to not, you know, do this, do something else. But, but I've only had tough dates, right? Um, mm-hmm. Either that big project that you were hope that you won with a client, like you just didn't win it and you thought you were going to, or, um, you know, a team member just is not working out. You've tried everything to you know make them successful. You just can't. And you just have mm-hmm. to like, let them go, even though, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to like, those are always difficult days. Right. So, you know, one thing about, you know, um, you know, running your own business or, you know, doing your own thing, is that you know you have a little bit of freedom of your schedule, so you know typically that means you get to work seven days a week, right? But um, <laughs> when you do have those like bad days, sometimes you just need to say like, you know what, I just got to take like a mental health day, like this day, mm-hmm. and just take a day to regroup and mm-hmm. do something that is not related to work, that you know gives me some space to put this mm-hmm. past me and go hit golf balls or climb Mount Bonnell or like something mm-hmm. that just like you know, gives you a chance to just like take a deep breath, like regroup, remember why we're doing this in the first place and then just like, you know, hop back in it. So that's, that's I guess one of the benefits of, mm-hmm. you know, running your own businesses is being able to, you know, manage your, your schedule in some ways and um, have some flexibility 
when you just need to like have a little bit of a regroup day. I love that you talk about, you know, mental health day. I felt like in this entrepreneurship, you know, world, it sounds so sexy and fancy. Oh my God, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh my God, I'm starting this tech company or whatever he or she's doing. And of course, you know, with all the high, all the glamorous, but we all know this underneath that there's so much grind, there's so much challenges. And I love that you brought that about uh, the mental health day. So I think, you know, not entrepreneurs, uh, you know, really needed to uh, not only go near for the grind, but also important to just take that moment, take the afternoon, take the day, whatever that need to truly um, reconnect with her or himself and really think about why they started in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. For every Elon Musk who lives this incredible lifestyle and is super brilliant, there's 10,000 people, right, mm -hmm. who are, you know, um, going on their route to change out the snacks in, in their vending machine business or whatever. That's, you know, spend 12 hours a day, you know, on the road, you know, working very hard individually, trying to grow their business, hustling down, you know. So it's, you know, you just got to remember it's, it's not always that, you know, we... We have this bias in looking at the world and we hold up the successful, you know, Michael Dells of the world mm -hmm. and those sorts of things. And, you know, mm -hmm. we don't talk about the, you know, smaller people who are very entrepreneurial on what they do, but, you know, who, um, you know, aren't as visible and uh, put in just as much mm -hmm. hard work and challenge and sacrifice in a different way. So it is, you know, mm -hmm. mental health is important. Um, it's, uh, it, it can be challenging and grueling. I remember um, I was, uh, a guest speaker um, at this college event with some entrepreneurial students and somebody much like you had introduced me and, you know, my background, the companies I'd started and, and the question from the students uh, when the students was, well, after starting so many businesses, it must be really easy to start a new successful business. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, no, <laughs> like it's not, everyone is difficult. Right. And, and if anything else, maybe it's harder because there's more competition. There's more technology freely available. There's more people with ideas. Mm -hmm. There's more, um, uh, you know, startup uh, programs and labs that can help entrepreneurs. There's just more entrepreneurs and more ideas, right? So it's actually maybe harder mm -hmm. than ever before. So just having the experience doesn't automatically mean whatever I do is going to be wildly successful. Like it does not work that way. So why? Why you keep doing that, Ryan? Why that you already know what you know, and now you know even it's harder, but why you keep going back to the range and keep, you know, join a new fight? Uh, everyone's a challenge, you know. It's um I've taken some time between companies before, you know, take a month off mm -hmm. and do something. And honestly, like it just, you know, boredom sets in and free time doesn't suit me, right? So um, I'm always just, I look at the world and think like about something and look at it and think, Hey, there's a better way to do this. Right. Like, and I just can't idly sit by and like, let it be undone. Like, all right, well, I guess I need to go be the better way that does this. So it's, um, I don't know, just, just the drive that you can't get rid of, I suppose. You sounds like you are the change you want to see in the world. When you see something can be done better, you step out, say, you know what? I have to make it happen. That's so incredible. And by the way, I quote from Gandhi, which is one of my heroes. So, wow, I never heard anyone actually say that in such an incredible, you know, humble view, which is amazing. Um, Brian, I'm curious, you know, you start so many businesses and have, you know, incredible success along the journey. What do you think success means? And what does that mean for you? And for that, is that, are you, do you think you are successful? For me, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. Um, 
for me, it's like, am I doing work that I love doing, right? Does mm-hmm. it feel like a job or do I actually enjoy the things I do every day? Um, you know, am I, uh, you know, making a, a living for my family and for myself and keeping them secure and providing for them in, in the right ways? Um, and, uh, and then am, am I doing something that's worthwhile for the people that I'm doing it for, right? So mm-hmm. when I find myself in times where I'm doing things where I'm finding a more efficient way to get data from point A to point B, or I'm improving a click-through rate from 15% to 17%, like it's less fulfilling than if I'm, you know, have something where I can really visibly see the effect on mm-hmm. what I'm doing on people. So I think all those three things combined, like mm-hmm. I would, I would define success. So do you think you are successful today? So I think so because I love the things that I do, um, and uh, enables me to just you know spend fun times with uh, with my family and stay connected to them, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and at Vermos, you know we're helping out this large and vast uh, mm-hmm. deskless workforce, which are like I think the unsung heroes of COVID. So I I get direct stories from people who are using our products about how it makes their life better. And that's, that's what gives me the energy. That's what makes me feel successful. That's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, about the product? Sure. So at Verimos, we help companies that employ deskless workers mm-hmm. um, and we help them recruit people easier and we help them retain the staff that they do have. And our specialty really is the lower wage deskless workers. Mm-hmm. So people that work in retail and restaurants and delivery drivers that make typically 14, 15, 16, $16 per hour and don't have any benefits associated with those, those jobs. So we've pulled together a collection of non-insurance-based benefits that are very affordable. It's 20 bucks mm-hmm. a month to give them things like telemedicine and um, roadside assistance. They mm-hmm. drive cars that are 20 years old. So if they don't get to work that day, they don't work for tech companies that have unlimited PTO, right? Mm-hmm. Unlimited vacation time, right? They don't get to work. They don't make money. They don't get paid. They can't take care of their families, right? So our roadside assistance programs help get their car going and get them to work that day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, things like dental and vision plans, right? That are very cost-effective. So mm-hmm. to give peace of mind to you know uh, a home care uh, worker who has kids and like you know uh, my eight-year-old is sick today. And they can get a doctor on the phone in five minutes, right? And find out if it's serious, get a prescription for their child, mm-hmm. um, help make them better. Like that sort of stuff is, is priceless. Or when I hear about somebody who was able to use the dental program to save like 700 bucks on the crown or something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you're making $15 per hour to save $700, that's a lot mm-hmm. of hours of work you don't have to do mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to, to pay that, that you saved. Or most likely, it's probably money that's not going on a credit card that could be at a 19% interest rate that might take two years to pay off. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very visible, the, the value that we provide to people. And that's that's really what keeps me going. What inspired you to start a business, Brian? Because you obviously not the target customer that you just mentioned. Why you do what you do? I actually started out, Verimos, you know, it was a completely different business. So um you know, we had different ideas about just health and well-being and wellness. And um, we were a little bit stuck in some ways. COVID had just hit, which mm-hmm. killed a bunch of our plans for how we were going to do this business. And I reached out to people in my business network 
and I reached out to somebody that was a that was a really strategic thinker mm-hmm. in workforce technology, and laid out all these things that that we were working on, and he really planted this seed about the deskless workforce and just the lack. You know, he sees all these tools and technologies. He's like, the space is wide open. There's really nobody doing this, and you have everything you need mm-hmm. to attack that market. I had never thought about it before, mm-hmm. but when he mentioned it, it was like a light bulb went on. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like it's been right in front of me this whole entire time, mm-hmm. and I just didn't put two and two together. Mm-hmm. And like it just took that. You know, his, the way he looked at things, like his lens of looking mm-hmm. at the world and, and his experience in workforce technologies mm-hmm. was just invaluable and just lit that spark and took us off in a direction where we are today. So it was mm-hmm. the power of the business network and, you know, being open to collaboration and ideas from, from other people um, that just really like click. So mm-hmm. that was, the, that was the spark. Wow, it's almost like you know, uh, you're looking back. All the dots just connect, and you just this is perfect for you what you're uh, meant to do. You know, and Brian, you know, on that note, I'm curious, what impact do you want to leave on this planet? I felt like along the journey, you are very thoughtful, intentional about what problem you want to solve, and how do you leveraging the technology, your insight, your experiences, and create um, product and new solution for customer and in a complete different sector, right? So I'm curious, what what do you what drives you? What what impact you want to left on this planet? Yeah, I mean, so we have, uh, you know, the impact I described on our customers today. Mm-hmm. It's just there's just not there's a lot of them, but not like a ton of them, right? So mm-hmm. like, how do we scale that? You know, there's Google says that 80 percent of the global workforce is deskless. Right, they don't. They're not knowledge workers. They don't sit at a desk every day and have a browser and have the internet and those sorts of tools. Mm-hmm. And there's solutions for those people. Um, there's not solutions for the others. So mm-hmm. I think about you know how can what we do impact to just a much much broader number of people because they're there, mm-hmm. right? They they need the impact. Um, and the market is moving away from traditional employers that provide insurance and you know. Uh, pensions and those sorts of things is moving towards the gig economy, the sharing economy mm-hmm. and things that don't provide any kind of benefits for things. So, um, so I guess, you know, it's the potential, the impact, we, we, you know, we've scratched the surface just a little bit of the mm-hmm. total number of people that we could reach with what we're doing at Verimos. So for me, like I would love to reach just as many people as possible um, and mm-hmm. just be able to help them and make their lives better would be, just mm-hmm. phenomenal. That's that's the goal. That's the vision. Brian, it sounds like to me that I felt like you're always just driven by the challenge, by tackle another challenge, is create bigger impact. I felt like you are not someone who wanna just, you know, ride with this huge success and just chill and just take unlimited vacation forever. And I love that you really, you know, such a impact driven, really wanted to create a positive impact for the community and continue to um truly make the world a better place, which is so, so refreshing. Yeah, that's true. If you tell me it can't be done, I'm like, okay, now it's on. All right, that's a challenge. Let me roll up my sleeves. Let me, I'll, I'll figure out a way. Right. So, uh, I never like to hear like that's impossible. That can't be done. That's that's uh, those <laughs> those are fighting words for me. I'm always willing to find a way. That's amazing. That leads me to my next question: Is you know, Brian, you know that uh, most startups usually are not wildly success, right? So what made you successful? You are one of unicorn founders. You have so many incredible businesses. What made you, you know, such a successful entrepreneur? 
I mean, I think there's a couple things. Um, one is like persistence. So just mm -hmm. keep going in the face of adversity and not be willing mm -hmm. to throw in the towel and, and give up. So persistence is key. Um, but also, um, I think every business, so persist, I read this the other day, um, the iPod from Apple was out for like six years before the iPhone ever came out. Right. So like, oh. talk about persistence, right? It's like, you know, you keep sort of, you put something out, see how it goes and it takes a long, long, long time sometimes before you find success. So I think persistence is one thing. Um, also, um, you know, being willing to change, you know, you have beliefs and ideas about maybe a solution or a need, mm -hmm. um, but the willingness to just change those in the face of other information or experts mm -hmm. or actual like evidence, right? It's like, when you don't know something about something, you maybe do some reading and you have these beliefs about the way it is or what your solution could be or whatever it is. But um, when you have the benefit of getting like actual data and actual like people information, you just gotta be willing to change, you know, what you're doing. I think every, almost every business I've been involved with is started out maybe sort of in one area and, mm -hmm. you know, changed or pivoted to something slightly different and sometimes something completely different um, from what they started out uh, doing. When I was a kid, we used to have these gaming systems from a company called Coleco, C-O-L-E-C-O. -E it was like before Nintendo, like long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. And they might still be around, but um, so it was this like, you know, technology games company. And the company was actually founded in like the late 1800s. And Coleco stands stands for the Connecticut Leather Company. So it started out being a company probably making <laughs> saddles and ended up in technology and games. So wow. I think, you know, you always have to be willing to just sort of change and pivot based on what you discover and find mm -hmm. out and iterate your way to success. I think mm -hmm. perseverance and iterate your way to success, those are two common themes, at mm -hmm. least for me in, in my history. With that, what is the biggest mistake that or most common mistake you see founders make on that journey? For founders, I mean, I, I mostly mostly talk to technology companies. Um, right, tech companies, yeah. Yeah, most common mistakes. Um, and I think people think it's going to be like we chose to build our stuff on the Google Cloud platform instead of AD, but I think they think it's going to be technology choices for things. And I think the mistakes are like early team members finding the right people to be on board mm -hmm. um, and not being willing to make changes when necessary for like personal reasons. So some of those things just don't work out and you just have to like make a change quickly. Mm -hmm. It's like ripping off a bandaid. You just have to like pull it off and then <laughs> things will be better. Right. And it's hard to pull off the bandaid, right? Whether it's mm -hmm. the idea you have about something and mm -hmm. it's just not working or whether it's like a person you hire and they're just mm -hmm. not working out and not being their objectives or not in the team. Mm -hmm. It's hard to make that change. Nobody likes change. It's like really hard. So I think it's, I think technology companies, it's like playing golf. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you play golf and your, your club hits the golf ball, it makes an impact for just a fraction of a second. But that fraction of a second determines the entire trajectory, 300 miles down the fairway, right? And whether mm -hmm. it fades or draws or goes low or goes high, that little fraction of a second, I think that's like formation and vision creation and ideation um, and team formation. I think it's those early days will determine that that impact. And so I think if there's, you know, the mistakes that get made, I think are in those early, early days of, um, of figuring things out because it determines everything from here on mm -hmm. in. So I think those are the most common things I see is, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes lack of clarity about 
the problem we're solving and then and our vision, right? That goes along with that. So if the mm -hmm. whole world just looks like problems, that's not a fun world, right? Like we need to solve problems for sure that people will pay money for, but we need to have a vision for what this looks like, right? A vision of the future mm -hmm. that's there when our product is there in the marketplace, um, mm -hmm. not just look at the problems. So it's um, common, common problems happen in the early, early days. So, so people is solving the right problem and having a clear a vision about the future. Yep. Amazing. Uh, now I'm going to pivot back to you, Brian. Uh, I'm curious, you know, you have, you know, come a long way and it sounds like to me that you just love and driven by solving problems, create impact. You know, I'm curious today, like what made you happy? Like the thing I got to tell you, so like um, last week, <clears throat> my daughter's in middle school and she made the cheerleading squad. And so, and she's also a dancer. She loves dancing. She dances competitively. So, wow. you know, watching my kids do stuff like, I don't know, that's just, you know, makes me the happiest at the moment is watching them <laughs> achieve their dreams and the stuff they love doing. Um, I love watching them experience that and just like mm. the joy in their face when they're like mm. in that creative groove and flow of the stuff mm. that they love. Um, you know, possibly because I know that, you know, that time is fleeting too, right? Like they grow up so fast and they're going to be gone before you know it. And so I guess that's just, you know, right now that's what brings me the most joy is like seeing them experience the world at the stage mm -hmm. where they are, where they're just like young and anything is possible. And they're just mm -hmm. so excited about things. Like, I don't know, right now in my stage of life right now, like that's what gives me the most joy for sure. Would you want them to be entrepreneur? I think so. Like I always loved aspects about business, right? And I want to learn more about business and obviously love technologies we've talked about. Um, and I think, um, you know, I think it's probably since, I mean, I started my first company when I was probably 23. So, mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if that's like always, um, I think I just wasn't sure. I think, you know, in high school I was doing entrepreneurial things, mm -hmm. um, and learning about technology. And so, um, I think I always had like an idea, but was open to whatever, right? Wanted to try some things. And when I went to work for Anderson Consulting, it's a big company. Like I think we're like 50,000 employees at the time, which seemed yeah. big back then, right? Um, so I think it was sort of like open. But then as I just followed my dreams and intuition and, you know, things like that, like it just led me into the entrepreneurial journey. Would you recommend young people or, you know, next generation to start business? Like, you know, the path of almost like you, maybe trying to figure it out and then just, you know, with a big company, then start a business or right away start. How would you see that? Because you mentioned you um, did not know. And I think most people are exploring their path as well. Yeah. I think everybody has their own journey. Um, mm -hmm. And in today's society, I know so many people that do have like a little bit of a side business, right? Mm -hmm. They have an Etsy store or, um, you know, they, they're, you know, sort of making something that they sell on the side or they're, mm -hmm. um, helping people like write resumes or whatever. And mm. sometimes just those little things turn into, uh, you know, a larger business um, over time. Right. Um, like I think if I remember the story of like Angie's list, like literally somebody was making a list of qualified contractors that they knew and trusted and liked, it would just sit, email this list to people. Right. Which grows into this massive, you know, company over time. Um, so I think uh, people in general are doing very entrepreneurial things in today's sharing economy. Mm -hmm. And then that'll let them know, you know, wow, this is something that I would like to do this like on a full-time basis. How can I grow this from a mm -hmm. side hustle and side interest into something that can full-time support me and my family, right? And so it kind mm -hmm. of grows from there. Um, so 
I don't know. I mean, I've seen both journeys be successful right away, straight out of college, starting something. I've seen that be successful. I've mm-hmm. seen people work in industry for 10, 20 years and then say like, you know what? That's my time. I'm going to go strike out and do something mm-hmm. on my own and work for them. So I think it's a very personal choice. What would you tell your 25-year-old self, Brian? Or 30? <laughs> um, I think I would tell my younger self, this maybe sounds silly, but I think I would just say, you know what? It's going to be okay. Because <laughs> uh, there's just so many challenges that get thrown at you, so many situations, mm-hmm. lots of hard work. Um, you know, I think I would just say, you know, you know what? It's going to be all right. Just keep doing what you're doing. Everything's going to be okay. Would have provided... Uh, a peace of mind for me uh, at the time if I knew it was coming from my older self, for sure. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. When you said that in my heart, I was like, oh my God, yes. Hallelujah. Somebody finally said it. It's going to be okay, everybody. It's, it's going to all turn out, right? Things will always turn out the way they're meant to turn out. So if you have this magic wand, if you start over, if you can change anything, would you change anything at all in your path? You know, I think if I had the wisdom today, you know, back when I started, it would have, you know, made a lot of things easier for me. So I would, uh, if I could change anything and had that magic wand, I would take the wisdom I have today and impart it on that 25 year old self. And it would have saved lots of challenges and heartaches and struggles uh, over time. It's just sometimes there's just things you can't teach or read in a book. You just have to experience them mm-hmm. and live through them. Mm-hmm. That just makes you a little bit tougher and a little bit wiser. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you bottle that up, but if I could, I <laughs> bottle up and give it to my 25-year-old self. Oh my goodness! So what that world will be, uh, we'll just have to find out. Um, my last question, Brian, for you is: you know, today you you know share an incredible journey about yourself and what made you successful and what you see about you know really the the mistake the entrepreneur make you know like they could make or the mistake that you have made when you were uh, in an earlier self. I'm curious, do you have any last piece of advice for entrepreneurs today who are, you know, you know, hustling where we have so much more technology today, we have so much more, you know, uh, courses, you know, incubators already out there, but, you know, what, what would you say to her or him to find their own path, finding what really bring their heart joy and truly making the world a better place by creating a next technology, the solution that really um, fill their heart? I would just say, like, follow your dreams, because as you said, there's more resources available to people now than ever before mm-hmm. between the incubators, sources of funding, organized mm-hmm. angel groups, um, advice, uh, even, you know, cloud computing. In the old days, you'd have to, it would cost you tons of money to buy the infrastructure just mm-hmm. to launch something. And now it's pay as you go. We start out, it's nothing, right? So mm-hmm. there's just, there's so many advantages today mm-hmm. to entrepreneurs in every single possible facet that you know weren't available in the past so i would say like you know follow your dreams because there's no time like the present there's so many resources out there this is the time to do it because and if you don't i think in the end you'll regret it you know it's like man i wish i would have done that right it's like well you know you could have and there's resources available for you to do it and support Mm -hmm. so do it that made my advice follow your dreams (laughs) follow your dream and do it uh, I love that, Brian. I love when you said, you know, what if you have that regret? I, I personally think having regret is the hardest feeling versus, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I, you know, whatever that thing is. I think regret is the hardest feeling. So 
I love what you just said. And you know, once again, thank you so so much, Brian. You know, thank you for coming on board to share your wisdom, your insight, your journey. And I'm just truly tremendously inspired by your experience. And thank you, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy as much as I do. And we will see you next time. And if not, not when. If not, you who go do it. Go start your dream business. Bye, guys.